What is going on, everybody? He is I and I am him. It is your main man, Chi, and this is So In The Meantime. Very, very happy to be back here with you guys. I know it's been a minute since I've done a podcast. Um, a lot has happened since the last time that I was that I did one. I believe it was my quick take that I did when I was talking about Chivalry Dead. So before I even get into this conversation, I just want to wish everyone a happy new year. Um, I am recording this on January 9th, 2022. And a question came about how long, like, when is the when is the expired date for saying Happy New Year? You know, we're nine days into the new year. So I feel those if maybe the 15th is maybe when you can kind of stop with the Happy New Year's uh, sayings. But um, seriously, I do wish that everybody had a very happy and safe and blessed new year. I hope everybody enjoyed the holiday season. I hope that you guys were able to celebrate and enjoy it with your friends and family. Um, Because unfortunately for me, if you follow the podcast page, which is so in the meantime, underscore pod, or if you happen to just follow me on my personal page, I contracted COVID. You know, I I got COVID-19 on... um, the week before Christmas, uh, I actually was tested and I was testing on the, that Thursday, which I believe was the 18th, but I was, I started having the signs on the 14th. So before they changed the quarantine time, it was 10 days. Now it's five. I, was sidelined up till Christmas Eve. So I was able to, you know, go be free to the world on Christmas Day. But I, for the safety of my nieces, my nephews, my brother, my sister-in-law, and my daughter, and my mom, um, decided to just sit out. Uh, Did not have Christmas with the family like I normally do. But... With the technology that we have now, we were able to FaceTime. I was able to FaceTime my daughter to see her open her gifts, and I was able to FaceTime my brother and see my nieces and nephews and see my brother and my sister-in-law go ahead and open their gifts as well. My mom was was able to take care of me during this, you know, during this time, even though I was quarantined, you know. But uh, it could have been worse. You know, that's one of the first things that I thought about when I got, when my test results came back and I looked at my computer screen and it said that I had had contracted COVID-19. It said it was positive. Um, I do believe that I had the Delta variant um, just because of the symptoms that was listed for the Delta variant and not the Omicron uh, variant that is out now, which is the one that everyone happens to be contracting now is the one that spreads the easiest. Um, but like I said, I was, I'm happy that, you know, I did get vaccinated. Um, this is not going to be this moment of this pod where I'm going to encourage or push anybody to get the vaccination. If you have not got it yet, um, that's your own personal preference. But I know for me, 
I'm very thankful that I was that I did get it because the symptoms that I had was not as bad as it would have been if I didn't have the um, vaccine. I do work at a hospital, so I see the effects that it has on people who, you know, happen to not be vaccinated and there um, in the hospitals. So, you know, I was able to do that. But like I've told people, it was more mental for me, you know, um, knowing that people have passed away from COVID in their sleep really did do a number on me mentally where I was sitting back trying to not think of will this be my last time for going to sleep you know would this be the final you know like sleep for me um but as you can tell in here from my voice that wasn't the case I you know so I was very very grateful for that um because a lot of people have passed away from this from this uh disease so all that being said you know i'm blessed to still be here um and the new year you know i was i did um i did work new year's eve so i you know didn't really do much i told myself i wasn't gonna go out not be around a lot of people because i just got off of covid but i went to a wrestling event on the 28th of December and it was definitely not the 28th of December. I'll take that back. I went on December 30th. So I went the day before new year's Eve. Um, it was me and my best friend side and you know, we had a good time. It wasn't that, it wasn't that packed for a wrestling event. You know, most times wrestling events is like jam packed, damn near sold out, but it wasn't, and I was, I did the proper, you know, I, I took proper precaution in this in this situation and, you know, was able to just enjoy my time there. Uh, New Year's Eve, I had to work. So I worked. And then after that, I decided to um, bring in the new year with watching my, the church that I attend, um, Zion Dominion Global Ministries ran and conducted by the great Bishop Roderick L. Hennings and First Lady Pamela Hennings. Watch their New Year's Eve service that they do every year, and every year they have a theme for the new year. And the theme for 2022 is the year of the launch, which is very ironic and very um, telling because everything that I have been stored and planned for not just this podcast, but the media company that I'm um, building, solely building. Uh, it's very fitting that that was the theme of the year, or that's the theme for the year, um, the year of the launch. So that's how I pretty much ranked in the new year and um, nine days into the new year. And we are sitting here and I'm, Give me all this this podcast. So with me having COVID, I was unable to go see Spider-Man No Way Home before or till now. You know, Spider-Man came out the week that I had started getting sick 
and I was not able to see it. And then I was just, you know, having other stuff to take care of before, you know, going to the movies. But today I did go to see Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, I did avoid a lot of people talking about it, a lot of spoilers, you know, all this other stuff, even though I'm one of those people that doesn't care for spoilers because I'm one of those, I have to see it to feel that reaction. You know, I'm an empath, so I, I feel the emotion of of people and things and watching especially when i watch movies movies i can sit here and really dive into the story of of a movie and that's exactly what i did with no way home this is going to be my little quick recap of the movie uh it is going to have a little bit spoilers if you haven't seen it yet avoid this part of the of the show but overall my opinion on Spider-Man No Way Home, it was phenomenal. Tom Holland is made to be Spider-Man. He is Spider-Man. Now, I say that because when you think about the characters and you think about the actors that play them, for example, I feel like there's no other person that can play Tony Stark. No one can be Iron Man other than Robert Downey Jr. In my opinion, I feel like no one can be Captain America. Only Chris Evans. You know, yeah, we have Falcon, you know, being a new cap, but in comic book history and Marvel history, that's what happened. But when you look at these figures, these iconic superheroes, the people that have played them match. For example, you guys know I'm a big DC fan. Henry Cavill is my Superman. I seen Christopher Reeves. I seen Brandon Roth. I seen Dean Kane. My brother's a Superman fan, so I know all these people. And I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, Henry Cavill or Henry Cavill, however you want to say his name, <laughs> he embodied to me what it was to be Superman. Okay? Now, who's my Batman? That's a tough conversation to have. Um, and I'm not really going to get into that right now because that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you know, Spider-Man. Uh, so we had um, Tobey Maguire. We had Andrew Garfield. And now we have Tom Holland. And to my personal opinion, Tom Holland is spider-man he he's he's a kid we have to remember that spider-man was a high schooler and tom holland embodied the character and the person who's peter parker and i watching this movie i can understand why i was reading and seeing some people saying that this is spider-man's end game this is the the emotional, like, I'm telling you right now, as I was watching No Way Home, I was emotional, damn it. That is how I was when I was watching Spider-Man No Way Home. I mean, 
I cried a little, four times. Four times I cried watching No Way Home. Let me tell you this much right now. I cried at Endgame once. And obviously, we all know, it's when Tony Starks dies. Most people cry when they seen, like, God rest his soul, when they seen Chadwick come back, uh, when they started seeing everybody come back. People cry when they seen Spider-Man, when they seen uh, Peter and Tony meet up for the first time since the since the snap. And people, you know, I know people got emotional watching that. I cried when Tony Stark died. But it was more so for Peter Parker. It was more so for Tom Holland. It wasn't for the fact that Tony Stark died because I'm not the biggest Iron Man fan. Um, so that's just how I looked at it. Cried about four times. Um, very interesting story. Very much, I am so intrigued with what Marvel is going to do. I said this before and I said it and I will say it again. In the world of Marvel versus DC, I've always told myself that with in-game ending and the the this chapter of Marvel is closed and now you have this gap in between time before they kick off the new phase it would have been the perfect time for DC to decide to be like you know what we're going to we're going to try to reclaim this spot that has not been our spot for a very long time that door has closed i'm sorry door has closed especially with everything that they're doing with dc it's very much confusing as far as what's going on with dc dc has a multiverse yes we know this but they don't even try to even explain this shit now they're going to with the flash movie but at least with the Spider-Man or with Marvel, you have a layout of what's going to happen. You're going to have a layout. You're going to see in Kevin Feige and Disney and Marvel Studios have laid out the foundation for us to know what to expect in the, in the upcoming months in the year we know what to expect from marvel we don't know what the hell we're expecting from dc we don't but i will say that this no way home is the best spider-man movie i've ever seen and i've watched all of the spider-mans from toby mcguire spider-man to the amazing spider-man with andrew garfield to the Marvel Spider-Man. Spoiler alert. <laughs> they were there. Toby Wire Spider-Man was there. Andrew Garfield Spider-Man was there. Um, we all knew that that was going to happen because you see Dr. Ock and, and Goblin and Sandman and Lizard and, you know, 
Electro. You're seeing all these people. So you know that they're going to be there. We all knew they were going to be there. But just to see it happen was very interesting. I I will say, though, I was a little eh at how they were introduced. I wish it was a different way. But we can't always have it the way that we may have envisioned it. But I am very happy to see that uh, they were there. Very sad at the end, knowing that what uh, Tom Holland's Peter Parker had to do to fix the chaos that he started. And then we do know, if you don't know, there is, you know, as we all know with Marvel movies, there's always a a mid-credit scene and then, you know, the end-credit scene. Uh, So we did see, and this is another spoiler, uh, we did see that Tom Hardy, Venom, uh, they keep teasing the idea or the of having Tom Holland, Spider-Man, and Venom doing a movie that we've always been wanting. We've always wanted to see this. We got, we were fit, we were extremely disappointed. At least I was. I know I was in Spider Man 3 with Venom. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Tom Holland, who has agreed to, I think, sign, sign up for, he signed up for three more Spider Man movies. And now we have talks of Andrew Garfield saying that he might be interested in doing another amazing Spider Man. Um, I know Tobey Maguire, I believe he's not going to do it because of what happened to him in the movie. But it's going to be very interesting to see where they go with Spider-Man and Venom in this universe. Okay? So, it's very interesting. I feel, though, as if uh, Morbius, which has been pushed back, I feel like that's going to be a very integral part of this story with Venom, with Spider-Man. I think that that is going to play a major role in in what goes on. So be on the lookout for the Morbius movie coming out. It's supposed to come out in February, I believe it was, and now it's got pushed back to April. Which has me thinking that I think they're trying to put finishing touches or they may try to figure something out with this movie because that is going to be kind of like the bridge that's going to bring, you know, the blade movie into equation. It's going to bring Spider-Man because Morbius is in the Spider-Man universe. And we all know blade happened to be in there at one point in time too. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with that Now, ladies and gentlemen, I gave you my take on Spider-Man universe, Spider-Man No Way Home, but that's not why I wanted to do this podcast. I wanted to do this podcast because I am recording, like I said, on January 9th, which is a Sunday, so we are literally seven days a week ago today can somebody please tell me what the fuck is going on i don't know i'm reading headlines after headlines 
Uh, what the fuck? That's really what the fuck I want to know. What the fuck is going on? A week ago today, Antonio Brown, AB, always booming, business booming, showed his ass. For those that are unaware of what happened with Mr. Antonio Brown, I'm here to give y'all a recap. Last Sunday, for those who don't follow football, don't watch football, don't care for football, I'm going to give you the breakdown of what happened. And I know a lot of people who are going to listen to this and may not be into football, maybe like, why are you talking about this? But if you remember how we used to, you know, in my on my previous podcast, Views from the Two, we used to take headlines and topics and kind of try to bring it to real life or situations that we common people, not celebrity status, but us common people could relate to. And that's what I'm going to do with this Antonio Brown situation. So Antonio Brown and Tampa Bay Buccaneers faced off last Sunday against the New York Jets. And during this game, Antonio Brown was not being utilized, targeted, whatever you want to say. And we then proceeded to see that Antonio Brown was on the sideline and he took, he proceeded to take his jersey off, take his shoulder pads off, take his shirt off, take his gloves off and run off the football field. During the game. This wasn't during halftime. It was during the game. Like play was taking place. And Antonio Brown. Did this. Since. This. Moment. Antonio Brown. On Friday. Was released. From. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's a lot to unpack with this story, and I'm going to unpack it all. So, in the words of another wide receiver, actually a Hall of Fame wide receiver, Mr. Terrell Owens, T.O., get your popcorn ready. So, my thoughts on the situation itself in a whole I made a stat that basically said and this is where I will say this is when this whole conversation this is why I want to address it this is why it's very hard to give people second chances or multiple opportunities to redeem themselves Antonio Brown has had a history of this and he has gone above 
and beyond to treat the NFL the way they do. Now, if y'all know me, even from dating back to, like I said, dating back to my old podcast, I have been very much against the NFL. Ever since Colin Kaepernick, I took a very strong position against the NFL. I actually stopped watching the NFL. I was one of those that boycotted the NFL. That position has changed. And the reason it's changed is because of, you know, a lot of the events that Cap has gone through. Cap had a settlement. Um, Cap got paid by the NFL. And since then, I just feel like Cap, who may want to still play, and from all points and from all things that I have read about Cap, he is still interested in playing. But I just feel like he has a greater cause. He has greater calling. And football is not that. That's just me. So when I seen this happen, I literally just said, this is why you don't give people second chances. This is why you don't do this. He's just showing his ass off, you know? And then we proceeded or I proceeded to see that so many people, so many people decided that all of a sudden they were doctors that they received their their degree from Twitter University, from the University of Facebook. You know, seeing all this. I'm seeing so many people, you know, diagnosing him with mental health issues, um, even diagnosing him with CTE when you can't really diagnose someone who's living with CTE because they have to be dead because it's a test of the brain. But that's what we had. And I will admit I had a, a back and forth with someone who consistently kept telling me it's CTE, it's CTE, it's CTE. Every post that I made, it was CTE. Every post I made, it was something in regards to mental health. And all I was saying in my post was I was not talking about mental health. I was not talking about CTE. I was not talking about no head trauma. I was talking about the antics that Antonio Brown has done. And that's all I was talking about. Because when Antonio Brown left the field, later on that day, he released a song. I believe it's like, Pit in the Palace or something like that. He released the song. His Uber driver, who is, a, I guess, a well-known Uber driver for celebrities in New York, picked him up. And, you know, we live in a day and time where everything is, is so social media driven. So he had Antonio Brown in his in his vehicle and did a snap or a, or Insta Live or whatever. He did a story and had A B and was talking. And then the next day, 
the Brooklyn Nets and the Memphis Grizzlies had a game in Barclay and AB happened to be sitting courtside. So a lot of these antics that AB has been doing has caught, obviously caught a lot of attention from so many different people. Um, obviously ESPN's covered it. All the football channels have covered it. All the sports has been the talk of the week. And AB sat down with a podcast called the full send podcast. And this was Thursday. I believe it was that he sat down with them or Friday. I'm not quite sure because I believe that the odd people started collecting, getting the audio and the visual from the podcast. But, um, he sat down with them and I'm going to tell y'all this much right now. I tried to watch this whole entire podcast is about an hour and some change worth. I only could get to 32 minutes and 55 seconds of it because I completely turned it off because listening to what he was saying, it really started it. I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't because of him not taking accountability for anything that he's done. It's it's everybody's out against him. And he's never taken accountability for his actions. But what I was able to do is just grab clips of just highlights that I seen that caught my attention with this and after I play these clips, um, I'm going to get back into more of my opinion on this whole situation. So here is some here is a highlight reel from the 32 minutes and 55 seconds of this podcast that I listened to. Check it out. Well, my, my teammates, uh, OJ, the Juice Man, OJ Howard, these guys come over like, AB, don't do it, man, don't do it. We need you. You're great. We love you, man. And ooh. But imagine your head coach, the guy that you talked to before the trip that you just told, Coach, I can't run full speed, man. My ankle's fucked. He's like, hey, man, we need you, man. We not. He put it in capital letters. We're not resting before the playoff. Yeah, I seen that, yeah. You leave the stadium, you got yeah. your shirt off. Oh, you are back on my shirt off play. Yeah. No, but I got, I'm saying bro, I wonder where you went after the bro, stadium. Listen, I got too sexy for the stadium. All right. <laughs> coach said, well, that's all you had to say. The coach right. said, get the fuck out of here. I'm like, yo, fuck you guys too. I'm taking off your logo. I'm not wearing this shit no more. I threw it. Now imagine you hear 60,000 people like, yeah, A B. <laughs> my fucking adrenaline got so high. I just yeah. got too sexy for my clothes, but yeah. I started giving the fans what they want. They want gloves, they want shirts, they, you know? Do you feel like you could have handled the situation better by just, Bro, like, listen, I'm Antonio Brown, man. No one, bro, you know what it's like to be in the football field? Nah. All right, then. So, like, imagine you playing a game, football game. Imagine the guys you came to battle with while you know your freaking ankles fucked, your belly could run. And the guy that you think got your back, this your team. These the guys that you flew here with to do a mission. They knew about my situation before we even came. I communicated with the coach, the trainers, everyone know. But is that, and is to that, get there and be battling them, and the guy tell you because you can't go to war with them, get the fuck out of here. 
What do you want me to do? Sit there like, bro, I'm an alpha male. You say fuck me. Yeah. I'm not gonna react, bro, because it don't really matter what you say. Like you can't affect me. But like if you like discriminate on my public image and my name, it's like, bro, at that point it's fuck you too, bro. Professionally. Sounds like that. Uh, deep, yeah. deep dive into it. But uh, why don't you follow Tom Brady? Is there something? Nah, it's not a personal, man. Tom is actually my friend, one of my close friends. But, you know, like like Ball was saying, what are you saying? I work at McDonald's? You see what I'm saying? Some people have a different definition of friend. Because when I say you, I'm your friend, that means I got your back. That mean, To me, though, that's what a friend means. But a friend is not like that in, you know, in this world and how we live in. And, you know, we play professional sports. Like, not everybody in sports is going to be your friend. Tom Brady's my friend. Why? Because I'm a good football player. He need me to play football, right? These guys called me to win the Super Bowl, not for the toilet bowl. They didn't say, A.B., we having problems with the toilet over here in Tampa. You think you could flush the shit down and help us out? No, they called me and said, hey, A.B., we need you to win the Super Bowl because Tom Brady saw me come to uh, the Pats and run through those guys. I just don't think nobody, nobody's been in your position. So nobody knows really. Like Not a lot of people get to live the A.B. life. So it's hard to kind of figure out. It's not simple, man. Imagine someone starting your character. The guys, these guys called me to win the Super Bowl. After a suspension, I come and help them do that. If, if Tom Brady's my boy, why am I playing for an earnest salary? Right. You my boy, though, right? Right. Gronkowski is boy, right? Right. How much do you get paid? Significant amount. Damn. All right, so so why is AB on the proven deal? Who's better than me over there? Let's be real. Right, but don't no, you... No, 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 let's not not be right. Let's be honest. No, this is the real. podcast I'll be real. to be real. No, I'll be real. Who AB is the is. best guy over there? AB. Since you guys know football, who for is sure, it? For sure, for sure, Who's AB. the best guy over in that team? No, Man, AB. Football, receiver-wise, who is the guy that get it popping? It's I AB. mean, I think it's a combination of all you guys. I think it was AB. It's combination now. Dude, I've always said, for me, I've watched... Ladies and gentlemen, I want to be the first one to say. I'm not going to be the first one to say because I, I'm not the first one to say this. But I will be in agreement with the Skip Bayless of the world. The Shannon Sharps of the world. When I say this. Or when I agree with them when they said this. Antonio Brown is going to become the first athlete who allows social media to ruin his career. Now, I say that, and this is where I feel, though, as if the common people can relate to this. Because Antonio Brown said something in that highlight reel. And what he said, and I'm going to play the clip back because I want y'all to listen to what he said. And when he said this, it resonated to me with a lot of people that I've seen on social media that I know that I know who do this. And this is what he said. 
You leave the stadium, you got yeah. your shirt off. Oh, you're back on my shirt off play. Yeah. No, I but got, I'm saying, bro, I wonder where you went after the bro, stadium. Bro, listen, I got too sexy for the stadium. All right, coach <laughs> said, that's all you had to say. Coach right. said, get the fuck out of here. I'm like, yo, fuck you guys too. I'm taking off your logo. I'm not wearing this shit no more. I threw it. Now, imagine you hear 60,000 people like, yeah, AB. <laughs> my fucking drilling got so high. I yeah. just got too sexy for my clothes, but yeah. I started giving the fans what they want. They want gloves. They want shirts. They, you know? He said, imagine hearing that many people going, yeah, AB. AB has a history of this. We date back to when the Pittsburgh Steelers won their playoff game and the following week, I believe it was the the AFC Championship game against New England. And A.B. kind of broke a forbidden door where A.B. went live on Facebook and went inside the locker room after the game as coach Mike Tomlin sat there and gave a speech. But what was happening was AB was looking and seeing all the likes, all the hearts, all the people that were commenting like, yeah, oh man, this is dope. Oh, we love you, AB. You feed into this. And people do this. People have a tendency of posting things and they're seeing the likes that they're getting and they're seeing the traction that they're getting. And it may not be the right traction, but they feed off of it. I've always said Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, all that. It is an addiction. It is a drug. And some people get addicted to the, to the likes, to the fame, to all that. Inst- like it's that we're in a day and age of instant gratification. I know a few people that don't post the same thing that they post on Facebook on their Instagram or vice versa or snap and all this other stuff. And it's because majority of the people that I know they're posting it on Facebook and I'm going to explain why they're posting it on Facebook because they see the likes, the love, the care, the dislike, the anger, the sadness. They're seeing all the wows. They're seeing those reactions because Facebook allowed them to have these reactions. Instagram, you don't. Just get a heart. Just get a like. Somebody likes it. They like it. But more people want to see who loves what I'm posting. Who who cares? Who's Who's excited? Who's wow? Who's shocked? Who all this stuff? This is what happens. And Antonio Brown has done this. And that's what he did. Now, you're in the New York Jets stadium. You're in MetLife Stadium. Do you really think that these this crowd is cheering for you? Because I didn't think so. I didn't think that they were cheering for Antonio Brown. But in his mind, in his psyche, that's what he thought. He thought they like what I'm doing. They like it. 
not knowing that the Jets fans are probably like, all right, cool, you're gone. So we ain't got to worry about you. They're happy to see you leave because they're thinking of their team winning. That's what they're thinking about. They don't give a damn about you. So then, his, like I said, AB loves the social media world. He does. Anytime something happens with him, he goes right to social media. I distinctly remember a time he went live after a disagreement or a disagreement with his child's mother and was on live showcasing this. But everybody was hitting the heart. Everybody was cheering AB on for this after having a disagreement with his child's mother and on live still going at it. We just seen this recently with with Danny Lane and the baby. Just seen it. But this is what AB does. He goes on the social media. He's quick to grab his phone to get on there for that instant gratification, for that, that thrill to see these people who don't really care about you because it's just for their entertainment purposes. Some may be just watching it on live just being like, look at this dummy. Like, look, look at what he's doing. Ruining his career. Blowing away tons of money. Millions of dollars. For what? For the likes. For the cheer. For the roar. He said it himself. His adrenaline came pumping in because of the, the cheers. The roar. The likes, the instant gratification. He was saying how he has people in his corner that he has right people in his corner. No, he does not. Because he has a lot of yes men. No one's telling Antonio Brown no. Because they want to be in the club with Antonio Brown. They want to be courtside with Antonio Brown. They see a lot of the fame that AB has, and they want to latch on, leech on to it, just as long as they can get access to what he has access to. But the minute they lose it, I guarantee you these people will leave Antonio Brown. So then... A.B. talks about how he would handle it. And I want to play that clip as well because I feel like he wouldn't have handled it any different, differently. I don't. Take a listen. Do you feel like you could have handled the situation better by just bro, like listen, walking Bro, listen, I'm Antonio Brown, man. No one, bro, you know what it's like to be in the football field? Nah. All right, then. So, like, imagine you playing a game, football game. Imagine the guys you came to battle with while you know your freaking ankles fucked, you barely could run. And the guy that you think got your back, this your team. These the guys that you flew here with to do a mission. 
they knew about my situation before we even came. I communicated with the coach, the trainers, everyone know. But is that, and is to that, get there and be battling them and the guy tell you because you can't go to war with them, get the fuck out of here? What do you want me to do? Sit there like, bro, I'm an alpha male. You say fuck me. Yeah. I'm not going to react, bro, because it don't really matter what you say. Like, you can't affect me. But, like, if you, like, discriminate on my public image and my name, it's like, bro, at that point, it's fuck you too, bro, professionally. Sounds like that. So if you heard what he said, he said, basically, I'll do what I want to do. You know, don't disrespect me. Don't defame my character. Don't do all this stuff, but you're doing it to yourself. He did this all to himself. It's just crazy when you when when you look at it. When you listen to it. And to be honest with you, if there's one person I feel bad for, in the words of Skip Bayless, it is Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Tom Brady, TB12. In some people's opinion, arguably the greatest quarterback to ever put on a pair of cleats. And here's why. This is what Tom Brady had to say after the game against the Jets. Immediately when he was in the press conference. This is Tom Brady speaking on Antonio Brown and his feelings on AB. Yeah, I mean, that's um, obviously a, a difficult situation. And, um, you know, I think we all want, you know, him to, to you know, just think everybody should find, uh, you know, hopefully do what they can to help him in ways that, that you know, he really needs it. And, um, you know, we all love him. We care about him deeply. Um, you know, we want to see him be at his best. And, you know, unfortunately, he won't be with our team. But, um, you know, we have a lot of friendships that, that will last. And, again, I think the most important thing about football are the relationships with their your friends and your teammates, and they go beyond the field. And, um, you know, I, I think everyone should should be very compassionate and empathetic toward, you know, um, some very difficult things that are happening. Tom Brady wants us, wants everybody to have empathy for Antonio Brown. This is the same Tom Brady that when he got to New England, lived, invited A.B. into his house so he could live there. This is the same Tom Brady that when he got to Tampa Bay, even against the better judgment of the coach, Bruce Arian, B.A., told the Buccaneers to get Antonio Brown. He said it himself. A.B. said it himself. I'm there because Tom Brady needed me there. Because Tom Brady's seen how I played on the field. And he's seen how I dogged, how I was a dog. Mind you, 
It was only one game against the Dolphins before he got cut. But I'm going to get into that whole situation later on. So, Tom Brady demands A.B. there. If Tom Brady said, I don't want A.B., if he never said, let's get A.B., do you think A.B. would be picked up by a team right now? Probably, but they probably would. He probably would not even be a Super Bowl champ. He probably would be in the same situation he's in now. (laughs) But it was Tom Brady who stuck his neck out for this man. And this, this is what A.B. had to say about Tom. Uh, deep, Deep dive into it. But uh, why don't you follow Tom Brady? Is there something? No, nah, it's not personal, man. Tom is actually my friend, one of my close friends. But, you know, like like Ball was saying, what are you saying? I work at McDonald's? You see what I'm saying? Some people have a different definition of friend. Because when I say you, I'm your friend, that means I got your back. That mean, to me, though, that's what a friend means. But a friend is not like that, in, you know, in this world and how we live in. And... You know, we play professional sports. Like, not everybody in sports is going to be your friend. Tom Brady's my friend. Why? Because I'm a good football player. He need me to play football, right? These guys called me to win the Super Bowl, not for the toilet bowl. They didn't say, A.B., we having problems with the toilet over here in Tampa. You think you could flush the shit down and help us out? No, they called me and said, hey, A.B., we need you to win the Super Bowl because Tom Brady saw me come to uh, the Pats and run through those guys. So that's what he said. He talked about that position. And that's what he said. He felt though as if, you know, that's why he was there. He also goes on to talk about Gronk. And he says, Gronkowski is his boy. Because he was asking, if Tom Brady is my friend, why am I on a prove-it deal when he re-signed with the Bucks during offseason? It was incentive-based. And he's like, why does it have to be incentive-based? Why? I'm the best receiver you got. Why is my contract incentive-based, but Gronk, Gronk got paid? This is why Gronk got paid. All the older guys were looking at me like, man, Rob's crazy. Like, you're just getting away with everything. I'm like, dog, like, I'm just doing me. The big, bad Gronk coming. The whole. You know, Gronk does things his way, and everybody that gets to be in the presence of Gronk feels that same energy. But I would say I was getting away with it, though, too, because I was showing up every day. You're putting the work in that practice. You're making the plays, and you can do whatever. I just had that mindset right from the beginning. Gronk went to practice. Gronk practiced his ass off. Gronk never was in the headlines. 
Gronk was never acting out of character. Gronk was never in trouble with the law. So they would tolerate you as long as you can produce for them. That's not just in NFL. That's just not in sports. That's in life. They will tolerate you at a job until you do something that they don't like. If you buck at the system, if you start to question, if you start to go against a lot of the their, their principles, or if you feel like something's wrong, whatever the case may be, if you start to do that, they will turn around and they will start to find your replacement. And the very second they find your replacement, who will probably take less than what you're making, they will grab that person. I have in front of me, courtesy of USA Today, an article. Antonio Brown's abrupt exit from Sunday's game, just the latest in a long line of controversy. This article was done earlier this week that just passed. This was days after the, the exit. And the author of this article is Chris Bumbaka. If I pronounce his name wrong, I do apologize. It's B-U-M-B-A-C-A. And in this article, he highlights the events that, the controversy that Antonio Brown has had his whole NFL career. Sit back and listen to the accounts. The multiple Issues that have happened with Antonio Brown. December 31st of 2018, Antonio Brown, after an apparent disagreement with quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Brown sat out practice ahead of the Steelers' Week 17 game against Cincinnati Bengals. I do believe that is the, the game or that is the year that A.B. went live. That offseason, Antonio Brown gets traded to the Oakland Raiders. Now, during his time in the Oakland Raiders, these are the events that happened with him in, in Oakland. The Raiders put him on a non-football injury list after suffering frostbite burns to his feet during a cryo chamber or cryotherapy session. We all remember Antonio Brown decided to get into a cryo chamber, which a lot of athletes do, but he did it with his feet wet. I'm not going to say anything about that. Then Brown and Raiders GM Mike Mayock get into a shouting match during practice. AB then goes to social media. There he, there it goes again. He's back at it. And goes on a tirade. About the organization. About Mike Mayock. Gets into why. Or gets into his rant about how. You know he has been. Fined. For repeated unexcused absences. 
it gets worse because Antonio Brown, once again, because he loves social media, goes on the social media and posts a conversation that he had, an audio conversation. He recorded a phone call conversation between him and then Raiders head coach John Gruden. That caused Antonio Brown to get cut by the Oakland Raiders. What does A.B. do once he gets news that he's been cut? A.B. goes right back to social media, posts a video of him getting the notification, getting the word that he's been cut, and he's seen running outside yelling, I'm free, freedom, freedom, I'm free. That's what he did. He signs then a one-year deal with the New England Patriots because Tom Brady wanted him there. We all know Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick has no tolerance for fuck shit. Signed to a one-year deal for $15 million. September 10th, 2019. Brittany Taylor a former trainer for Antonio Brown, alleges in a federal civil lawsuit filed in Florida that Brown sexually assaulted her in multiple instances in 2017 and raped her in 2018. Also in September, Sports Illustrated published a story detailing a second incident of sexual assault and lays out Brown's extended history of paying money to those or not paying money to those he owed for he owes for a variety of services brown this sports illustrated also reported that brown sent threatening messages to one of the women who accused him of misconduct in the earlier story That caused A.B. to get cut after one game with the Pats. However, the NFL did not put him on the commissioner's exempt list. Not only that, but A.B. then goes on and goes after Robert Kraft on social media. See the theme? He's always going to social media. He's always taking the social media to address these situations. He's always going to social media to address these situations, no matter what the case may be. In January of 2020, Brown is charged with a felony charge of burglary and battery following an incident with a moving truck driver in Hollywood, Florida. I do believe this is the same incident where Antonio Brown was throwing furniture over the balcony of his estate or apartment, wherever he, the complex that he was in, almost hitting a child. In June of 2020, Brown pleaded, pleads no contest to the charges and receives a two-year probation. July of 2020, the NFL suspends Brown for eight games for multiple violations of the league's conduct policy. In October 
of 2020, the Buccaneers signed Antonio Brown to a one-year deal. A month later, the Hollywood Police Department had probable cause to charge Brown with criminal mischief, which is a misdemeanor, after he allegedly destroyed surveillance camera and threw a bike at a security guard shack inside his gated resident community. The Bucks re-signed AB in April 2021 when the sentence built into it. December 2nd, 2021, Brown receives a three-game suspension for misrepresent, misrepresenting his vaccine status. Basically, presenting a fake vaccine card, which is a federal offense, which is a violation that could carry a fine and up to five years in prison. Yet the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did not cut Antonio Brown. Why? Because Tom Brady probably told them, let's not do it. Let's not cut him. Now, Bruce Arian, when he signed him, told the media, told the press, told everybody that it was a zero tolerance with Antonio Brown. Yet Tom Brady made Bruce Arian put his morals and his principles to the side for this man. Even though Bruce Arian has a history with Antonio Brown because he used to be the quarterback's coach and I believe at one point the offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers and he knows how Antonio Brown gets down. But this right here, this takes the cake because it also involves this whole vaccine, this whole COVID thing. The night before the Jets game, Antonio Brown snuck an OnlyFans model, Ava Louise, who is famous for licking a toilet bowl as a COVID prank. Snuck her into his Weston Hotel told her to come get this bonus. It's very funny that he said, come get this bonus. And then proceeds to tell her, I can't wait for you to see what I do tomorrow. I can't wait for you to see what I do tomorrow. He said this to her. She said this to the Daily Mail. And then it gets better because apparently she tells, she tweets, she posts something that said, hey, Tampa Bay, you might want to have your team tested because I just, I got tested positive for COVID. So Antonio Brown put the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in jeopardy with their eyes at repeating as Super Bowl champs. And he wonders why. He wonders, why am I having a contract that is incentive-based? Why am I 
not getting paid like Gronk. But Tom is supposed to be my friend. And he said in that little clip when he talked about how people see friends differently. That's true. I've told this, I've had this conversation because my real homie, my real OG, my real model, Carl Stokes Jr. told me one time, sometimes your opinion, your view on a friendship may not be the same as the person that you have the friendship with. I'm going to be open. I'm going to be transparent. This is what this podcast is about. I like bringing real life shit. I like bringing my real life situations into this. So it makes more clear sense to people. And it brings this whole, my whole thought process full circle. When me and Saad, my best friend, had our fallout, that's what he told me. He told me, he said, because you, because I was very hurt. I was very hurt. I was very pissed off. And I said, was going off about this and he told me he said the way you are reacting right now he might not even care he might not give a damn you value things different than other people everybody doesn't see things the way you do and when he said that it resonated with me and with the fallout with me and sean now i've said that to side because there's situations that's going on. And I told Saad, I said, Saad, he might not look at your friendship the way you look at it. A.B., Tom is looking at it as you are a part of this team. Yet he lets you stay with him. Yet he's vouched for you. Yet he stuck his neck out for you multiple times. And this is why I go back to the theme for this Antonio Brown situation, which is when someone shows you who they are the first time, you don't, you, you don't give people multiple chances because I'm quoting the great God rest this woman's soul, the great Maya Angelou. We all know that quote. When someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. Antonio Brown showed us who he was when he got his big contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They say that money enhances who you really are. It brings that out. That's why I cringe. That's why I, I, I ask people, when they get into any field that they get into, especially when you want to get into the podcast world, you want to get into the media world, you want to get into all this, what is your reason for it? I had this conversation with my team about a year or so ago. At the end of 2019, I had this conversation with them. I asked them. I said, what do you want to achieve in this. No, it wasn't 2019 because it was too, it was middle of 2020. I'll take that back. It was middle of 2020. Middle of 2020, I had this conversation with my team 
and I asked them. I said, I want y'all to be completely honest. If it is the fact that y'all want to get notoriety, you want to get girls, you want to you want to get all the type of sex in the world you want to get, you want to get the fame, you want to get the money, you want to get the all that stuff. Let me know right now so I know how to treat y'all. I asked that to everybody. What are you in it for? Tom Brady has displayed that that's what he's a winner. He's a winner, but he's also learned because I've watched that little Gronk clip that you heard. That's from man in the arena ESPN plus special. You got it. If you have ESPN plus, I recommend you see it. If you don't, you should find a way to see it because it gives you more insight to who Tom Brady is. And I have gained a heightened level of respect for Tom. Tom was always one of my favorite quarterbacks, but now he has just grown with his seeing, seeing how his mindset has played. And that's what he's done. He showed within this course of these episodes how he's changed and his mindset is a little different. He's more about family. He's more about friends and living in the moment and just enjoying this time and, and, and being around your teammates and this team and this atmosphere and all this. AB says, Tom needs me. Y'all want to put Tom Brady on his pedestal. Tom Brady needs me. Tom Brady has one with less. When Tom Brady had Randy Moss, arguably my favorite wide receiver, when he had Randy Moss, he did not win the Super Bowl. He's won the Super Bowl with Wes Welker. He's won with Danny Amendola. <laughs> He's won it with less talent in the receiving position. Won Super Bowls. Has won Super Bowls. With less receiving talent. I'm not saying A.B. is not talented receiver. A.B. is Hall of Fame talent worthy. Yet his actions and everything that he has done will result in him not getting into the Hall of Fame. Because he is allowing the outside voices and the interaction with social media and the likes and the hype and all that stuff. And yeah, what his, in, in his mind, go AB, go AB, go. Ruin any chance he has of getting in the Hall of Fame. But a team will probably pick him up because they know he is immensely talented. One of the top elite receivers in the game. But his off-field antics shun, it pushes people away. It makes teams hesitant on picking him up. And then on top of that, now you have crossed the gold standard in quarterbacks. Roethlisberger, nah, he's Hall of Fame, but he's no Tom Brady. Derek Carr, nah, he's no Tom Brady. You crossed 
Tom Brady and you think you're going to get another opportunity, After this man stuck his neck out for you, not once or twice. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are living in a time where we are so addicted to social media. We're so addicted to the limelight, the instant gratification, the likes, the comments that that will ruin somebody's career, their life, their mental, everything. It will ruin you all because you wanted that fix. Because you wanted that fix. I pray for Antonio Brown. I hope he gets help. I hope that he can take this time to clear his mind to get himself in a better position. But I don't think it's going to happen. So with that being said, I just want Antonio Brown off the screen. I don't want to see Antonio Brown. It's kind of like the 6ix9ine the, the, the situation. If you notice, once people stop paying attention to him, he went away. He's gone. Because nobody is giving him what he wants. He's tried it since he's come back. And he's tried. And he's, he's, he's tried to make his little attempts and his little antics and all that. But eventually, people stopped caring. And people stopped giving him attention. If you stop giving Antonio Brown attention and you just push him to the side, he will too go away. And that's kind of where I want to leave it. If you just, if you have a situation, if you have a person that is just nagging and just doing all types of stuff and doing things and antics and all this stuff, if you just... Let him go. Let her go. Not give him the energy, the attention. Day two will go. So that's all I had to for today about this situation. Um, <laughs> I just, like I said, man, I, I, I just, I pray for Antonio Brown. Um, you know, I was watching the Pivot podcast with Ryan Clark and, and Shannon Crowder and Fred Taylor. They had Chad on there. They had Ocho Cinco on there. And Ryan Clark actually was giving a lot of insight onto who AB is. I think if y'all want to kind of get more of an insight from someone who played with AB, um, go check out that podcast. It's the Pivot podcast. It's, you can find it on YouTube um, and wherever you get your podcast from. Gives a lot of insight on, on the situation. Um, but with that being said, y'all, 
I am I'm done for this podcast. Um, I do want to give y'all a little teaser because next the next few podcasts that I will be doing, um, it's just to wrap up the first season um of of so in the meantime. So I'm probably I'm gonna do um three more episodes and then we're gonna wrap up and then we're gonna start to look at possibly other things for venues for for this episode for this podcast. If you recall on the very first episode, I said this was kind of gonna be like a standalone type of podcast. I know I might have said that, but there might be some changes going on with this podcast. Name change might happen, but Stay in tune, stay, stay tuned, stay locked in. If you follow the Instagram page, so in the meantime, underscore pod, there will be more information coming out about season two, about the future um, of this podcast. And also, if you follow my personal page, which I will give y'all in the description of the of this episode, um, you will also see that if you follow my personal Instagram page as well. But I do want to leave y'all with just a little teaser of what you can expect on the next episode. So in the meantime, um, it's been a while since I've talked about a versus battle and I was listening to a certain podcast, the Rory Amal podcast. They had JD on there and he made a reference to, he's speaking about his infamous or famous Instagram live that he did with Puff. And I believe Fat Joe was on there and them Puff and JD was going at it. Cause I know that, JD wants to battle Puff in a versus. And I have my opinion on that. After listening to what JD said, and he brought up a very he brought up very valid points. It made me want to, you know, kind of tap into that conversation. But the one conversation, the one versus battle that a lot of people were talking about is a versus battle that probably will never happen. But it has to involve this man right here. I, I ain't gonna lie, no disrespect. I, everyone's amazing and done what they've done. No one can stay on that stage. I mean, I'm just telling you guys the real. Like, there's not a shot. There's not a chance in hell that anyone can stand on that stage with me for I don't know how long it is two hours, one hour, two hours. Right. Look, I, I gotta stand in front of the Grammy family freestyle live. <laughs> You, no, no one's no. ever even seen me perform that. Like you, you gotta stand in front of that. That ain't gonna never happen, man. Let's let's move on from verses and let's get back to the uh, this Keys album. I am a big Jay Z fan, but I gotta talk about that. I'm gonna give y'all my opinion on the verses that the the verses with a Jay Z and my opinion on it, and just. A little bit more because I, I live in New York State, not New York City, but I live in New York State. I live in Buffalo. But the whole New York area, the whole New York, the whole East Coast, majority New York, um, feels a certain way about Jay-Z. We all know that. But it's very interesting to see how people are just going about their opinion on this. So I want to talk about that, and then I want to get into a very – in-depth conversation as you know with this pod there's been a few episodes that I've done where I have talked about basketball I've talked about LeBron I've talked about Jordan I've talked about Kobe I've talked about I'm a basketball head and there's always a point in time where we have this Jordan LeBron debate but it made me think about something that I listened that I heard 
earlier this week on Undisputed that really sparked my brain into thinking. And it's kind of had me with a crabs in the barrel mentality. And it has to involve Michael Jordan and LeBron. And I want to leave y'all with this. But before I do, I just thought about it. I didn't even give y'all my my check-in as far as how I'm doing, you know, mentally, physically, things like that. Um, I never want to end a pod without me addressing that. So sorry for not bringing this up in the beginning. Let me bring it up to you now. So mentally, you know, new year, I'm kind of trying to start on a clean slate. So my mental is about at an eight and a half. Physically, you know, everybody has that new year. I'm going to try to get better physical. I'm trying to get into the gym, trying to work out, trying to get my health right and all this other stuff. Because of the past year, the end of this year, or the end of 2021, um, a lot has happened within my family as far as health and as far as, you know, people passing away. And it did make me go to my doctors and I did talk to them about things that I wanted to get better at. So I'm not going to really make the saying like, oh, man, I'm going to get in the gym. I'm timing, timing, slow burn. We're going to get there. Um, going to just make sure that everything's good with me on the physical side. Physically, I feel okay. But, you know, just because you may feel okay does not mean that you're actually okay. Um, we've seen that so many times. So that's how I am. Work business-wise, you know, or school-wise, I'm doing great. My school did great, phenomenal um, outcome for the for the fall semester. Um, ended the year with a ended the fall semester with a three five eight GPA average. So that calls for. <laughs> Definitely calls for, you know, celebration, applause, fire horn, horns, all that stuff. So that's how I'm doing like that. Like I said, work-wise, I never really complain about work because, you know, I work in a hospital. I'm dealing with children. I see these kids battling, you know, cancer and battling these illnesses, and they still have a smile on their face, and they still just, they're enthused. So I can't go. I never go into work, you know, hating what I do. And as far as this podcast goes, listen, man, I've been – I'm happy with the team that I'm building, you know, very happy with them, very happy with the future that I see with in not just this podcast, but a variety of different other ones and possibly other ventures and things like that. So that's where I that's where I stand as far as my checking goes. But like I said, I want to get into this crap in a barrel mentality, not mentality, but I want to get into this in-depth conversation and it sparked from it sparked from a debate that Skip and Shannon Sharp had from Undisputed. And I want to leave y'all with this, y'all. Thank y'all so much. Make sure that you like, subscribe, share this podcast, share this the podcast in general, not just this episode. Um, make sure that y'all follow on Instagram. So in the meantime, pod, I will be having my personal um IG handle, energy underscore 52. Um, that's in the, going to be in the description. Um, stay tuned. I will be making announcements. You'll be seeing more content coming out. 
I thank all y'all for y'all love and support. I thank everybody that sent me their um, prayers and everything for all the things that I went through at the end of the year um, in 2021. So with that being said, man, this he is I. I am him, Jermaine Manchi. I am out. I will be back with more episodes. I may be bringing guests on, on the episodes to have more of a conversation. Don't know yet. You'll just have to wait and see. Till then, I bid y'all adieu. Here you go. You got to stop this. Other guys got to stop this notion that if you don't do it like Michael Jordan, it's wrong. Okay, but how many times do I look up and LeBron has tweeted at an upcoming Ja Morant, you know, rising Give star? Give the guy credit! Okay, but, but he tweets, I see you, young fella. You know, like, yes. like I'm, I'm going to take you under my wing here. No. You know, you're, you're my little bro. LeBron, that, that's how he does this is business. What, no, no, this is what LeBron does. LeBron James says, if I'm an open book, if you want to ask me a question about how to get, how to navigate the, the NBA, because very few people... Tiger Woods, when he started, when he became, he reached out to the only person that he knew that could possibly understand what he was going through. Mm. That was one Michael Jordan. Mm. If you come into the NBA and you're a phenom, there's not a whole lot of guys that's navigated the social media age and has come in with such fanfare as one LeBron James. LeBron James is not like a lot of people. A lot of people get the sauce and won't tell you some of the ingredients. LeBron James said, you want to know about basketball? I got you. You want to know how to start a production company? I got you. You want to know how to uh, uh, ingratiate yourself with brands? I got you. Mm. Skip, there's nothing wrong with that. We should applaud that, that the man is willing to help those. Yet we condemn him and, can, can, and, 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 and praise Jordan for holding all that to himself.